0: Hey friend, this is Barbara Hamilton, MD, and I'm back with my second episode of my podcast called Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own. And I talk about a little bit about my book each week, and now we're up to the intro. First was the forward, now the intro. It might might sound a little redundant, but um, basically the intro sets the stage and was my attempt to explain where we're headed in the book before diving in. And I felt the need to start out with a story Um, It was a memory of going to the bar each week in New Jersey where I went to school. And that was a primary activity there. It was a social hub and it was theoretically a place to find a boyfriend. Um, Before internet dating and apps got so huge and ubiquitous. Guys, when I was going through med school, I had no idea who would be uh, my future mate or who would marry me after this whole thing. But I was pretty sure it would have to be a surgeon. Is that silly? I thought I'd have to marry a surgeon so I wouldn't emasculate him. That's actually what I thought as a female physician uh, coming into my own in medical school. I thought, I need someone who cuts on people and is in charge. (laughs) That'll do. So it's a wild place that you're in when you're investing six figures of somebody else's money. You're borrowing for medical school and you're not so sure what your future will look like when you're done. You don't know uh, at the end of it all, whether you'll be happy. And it's a really brave thing that you're doing. So I really want to applaud you for that, whatever stage you're at. And although I partially agree that as a doctor, you sacrifice your twenties to a degree. um, But as people asked why I'd want to stay in school for so long when I entered medical school, I just couldn't really imagine doing anything else. It seemed kind of like a calling. So maybe that's how you feel as well. I couldn't really understand the alternative. I didn't know what all these other people were doing, um, going into like finance jobs and uh, going into teaching. It seemed like they were jumping straight into adulthood with a job, a house and a family. So med school is kind of a good place for late bloomers and those who develop over time. So maybe you identify with that. So give yourself some time to develop. We are in no rush here. You have a glorious future ahead and the decade that you invest during your 20s is worth it. If you're a non-traditional student, maybe you'll be using even more time than that, you know, with a a non-linear path and that's okay. That's gonna provide you some advantages as well. I will say uh, my plans meant cutting out more than a few college parties Uh, But maybe I saved some brain cells in the process. (laughs) And so with that, I will read you the introduction of Save Lives, Enjoy Your Own. Embarking on a medical career, I remember moments that made me second guess my choice. I'll never forget being in medical school, relaxing at a bar with friends, and feeling like I'd educated myself out of the dating pool. The guys I talked to seemed to be confused or lose interest when I told them I was a medical student. I learned not to mention it or say something euphemistic like I'm in healthcare, if they asked. They often assumed that medical school meant I was studying nursing and I grew tired of correcting them. For the men in my class though, being a medical student seemed to increase their allure to potential mates. Seeing this dynamic play out was one of my first experiences of gender bias in my career. Later in residency, after keeping quiet about my plans to pursue the male dominated field of interventional radiology, IR, I confided in one of my attendings. You're going to do IR? Yeah, right, he exclaimed. These experiences surprised me and made me realize that, sci- excuse me, that society and medicine weren't nearly as progressive as I had imagined. Luckily, that fact didn't deter me from pursuing my goals. Inclusivity is at the heart of my mission because I believe it's still lacking in medicine. While I've been able to achieve some of my wildest dreams in my career, I'm not sure every qualified person will be so lucky. With this in mind, I was driven to start my blog in 2018. After transitioning to private practice and establishing myself as a physician in my local hospital system, I got married, had a baby, and bought a house. I felt like I'd arrived. And at that point, I felt compelled to share some of the lessons I'd gathered with the physicians who would follow in my my footsteps. I felt compelled because when I was growing up in medicine, I had no idea what life would look like as a woman in a surgically oriented field. In the later part of my training and in networking as an attending, I've been fortunate to meet many inspiring female colleagues. But in looking around online, I didn't see our perspective represented. I wanted to create a place where I could gather lessons together, where they could be found anytime by a trainee, perhaps someone like a younger version of myself, Someone who stood at a fork in the road, wondering which path to take. I knew that by writing about my life as a mom on call, I could help demystify the path so it wouldn't be such a mystery what life was like for those aspiring to fields like mine. I named my blog, TiredSuperHeroine.com to showcase the different aspects of life as a physician who chooses to save lives and still enjoy her own. Because to me, tired can be a good thing it can be the result of a day well lived. As a new mom, there were times I was tired from waking up to breastfeed in the middle of the night. Other times I had been taxed by a complex intervention or from the extra few patients I saw that day. Sometimes I found myself emotionally tired from doctoring only to be renewed by my two year old's energy at home. I thrive between two worlds because they balance each other and I've found that each role has taught me to be better at the other. So while your transition might look different from mine, this book can help guide you toward your place in medicine where you can find the fulfillment you've worked so hard for. Whether you're about to enter medical school, you're knee deep in training, or are pivoting in your career, I hope this book provides the support you need to take the next step forward. In the hospital halls and over late night text messages, my female colleagues and I have shared the stories of our days. Over time, I started to realize we experienced similar challenges despite practicing in different fields. And while many of us mentor trainees, I wondered how many of these personal off-the-cuff conversations are actually shared? That's the kind of wisdom I aim to share here. To that end, I've asked some of my colleagues in various procedural and surgical fields to contribute their thoughts and experiences. In these pages, you'll read about some of the important lessons they've learned along the way. While I hope to inspire you as part of the next generation of women in medicine, I'm not going to sugarcoat the challenges. They are real. This book is written for women who aspire to procedural and male-dominated fields like my own. While the procedural subspecialties of medicine are different in many ways, the majority still share a common reputation, that of a boys club, Whether the ranks of physicians practicing in those fields are mostly male or men are overrepresented in their leadership ranks, these kinds of environments can discourage female involvement, sometimes in insidious ways. Because women in these fields often face similar concerns and challenges, I believe we can learn from one another and help one another out. Although this book is written with aspiring and training female physicians in mind, I encourage you to share it with a male colleague when you're done. There is value in sharing these ideas with our brothers in medicine so they can join us as allies in the quest for gender equity. The act of passing this book along can help others to equip themselves with the knowledge so they can understand and support you in your medical journey. In this way, propagating knowledge and recruiting allies can have ripple effects for women in medicine at large. Even though my focus is on female physicians, There are concepts here that will apply to other marginalized groups in medicine. Sadly, discrimination against such groups can mirror the marginalization they experience in society as well. And while I can't personally begin to address the systemic factors accounting for the low proportion of underrepresented minorities in medicine, we are working on it. Within the Society of Interventional Radiology, for example, Numerous initiatives have been launched in an effort to improve upon the disparities in both physician representation and health outcomes in minority groups. These topics are of the utmost importance, with some health disparities in our country reaching crisis levels. These outcomes are interconnected with the lack of underrepresented minority physicians in our medical system, which reinforces the distrust experienced by many of the patients within it. Since these disparities are connected, they must be addressed to affect real change. I speak to some of these topics on my blog at superheroine.com. I also write this book with the awareness that for some people in medicine, male, female, and non-binary, the road is just harder. Whether for having to surmount the circumstances of your upbringing or for having a non-conforming gender or sexual identity, for the underrepresented, unseen and unacknowledged who strive to make a difference for your future patients i'm writing this for you too and a final note before we get started there are journaling prompts at the end of each chapter to help prime you for the greatness i believe you're about to achieve i call these spill your guts journaling exercises in doing so i do not make light of the work we do as women who operate instead i hope you'll see this as a nod to the sometimes sardonic humor that gets many healthcare workers through the day. If you're not yet acquainted with this peculiar kind of humor, you soon will be. In medicine, as we face life and death, this brand of humor can serve as a pressure relief valve. Welcome aboard.